Have you been asked to bring a side dish to a Friendsgiving or are you hosting Thanksgiving this year? Do you know what you're going to bring? Do you need something easy to transport? If so, I've got some beginner-friendly dishes for you today. Hello, and welcome to the 52nd episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lalonde, and today we're talking all about easy side dishes that will make you look like a rock star at Thanksgiving. All of these dishes are simple and easy to transport if you need to bring them to another house. But first, I want to give a big thank you to LP19 for leaving a five-star review. She said, so many great ideas for Thanksgiving, and these are going to make hosting my family this year a breeze. I'm so grateful for your review, LP19, and so happy to hear that you enjoyed Renee as much as I did last week. Five-star reviews make a huge difference for the podcast, and I'm so grateful for each and every one. So let's get to some simple Thanksgiving side dishes. My reasoning for picking the dishes that I chose vary. Some are for nostalgic reasons, like I've been eating these for decades at Thanksgiving, and I chose some because they are so simple to put together. But what they all have in common are that they are delicious, easy to transport, and you are likely to receive a lot of requests for the recipe, or at least they'll ask you to bring it again next year. First on the list is my mother's recipe for corn pudding. It's a true Southern classic, and I bring this almost every year to Thanksgiving at my sister-in-law's house. If you've been listening for a while now, you might remember the episode I had with my sister-in-law on episode 39. It's titled Tips for Hosting Overnight Guests, because she has my husband's very large family descend upon her house all at once for the night of Thanksgiving weekend. I'll link that one in the show notes in case you missed it. That episode was definitely a listener favorite. But back to the corn pudding that I always bring. If you haven't had corn pudding, imagine a creamy custard-like mixture with sweet corn kernels baked in the oven. It's a short list of ingredients, just corn, eggs, milk, sugar, butter, and a little flour. The ingredients are whipped together to create a creamy batter, and then everything is baked in the oven until it's golden brown and set. The result is a dish that's sweet, a little savory, and slightly crispy on the outside, but a creamy custard on the inside with just a touch of sweetness. It's a great balance of flavors and textures, and it truly takes no time to put together. I'm linking all the recipes in the show notes for you. But just a word of caution, this always needs to be cooked in a shallow dish. If you double or triple the recipe... You want to use multiple dishes or a very, very large pan. It doesn't cook evenly well when it's in a deeper container. You can imagine how I know. It took me a while to figure this one out. If you're taking it to someone else's house, I definitely suggest cooking it at your house and just reheating it a bit if needed, as it takes a while to cook in the oven. The next recipe is also for my mother, and it is a huge hit at Thanksgiving or anytime you need a comforting dish for fall or the holidays. It's sweet potato casserole. And she actually got the recipe from a restaurant that was in downtown Lexington for decades called Deshays. Sadly, it's out of business now, but at least we have their delicious sweet potato recipe. And I want to preface this one by saying that sweet potatoes are one of my very 
very least favorite foods. I never eat them, except for in this casserole. Somehow in this recipe, they are magically delicious. Probably has a lot to do with all the sugar and butter involved, but you know. To whip this up, you start by taking cooked sweet potatoes, and then you mash them up and add a blend of cream, sugar, some spices, and put it all in a baking dish. Now, for the controversial part of sweet potato casserole, I know we're going to have all kinds of differing opinions here, but are you team marshmallow or team streusel? Since I grew up with this recipe, I am team streusel. It adds a delicious crunch to balance all the creaminess of the casserole. Either way, sweet potato casserole is a true crowd pleaser. So once you've assembled your sweet potato casserole and chose your topping, it goes into the oven to bake until it's bubbling golden brown. And the smell is amazing. It makes the whole house smell like fall or the holidays. Now that we've covered a couple of delicious starches, let's talk about a couple of green items. We still need our vegetables, even if it's Thanksgiving. First, I want to talk about the inevitable green bean casserole. I actually love it, but I have some family members who do not. So I go back and forth between green bean casseroles and just traditional slow-cooked southern green beans. So this year, I'm going the slow-cooked traditional route. And it does come in handy because I can use the crock pot. And that is one less thing that needs to take up space in the oven. They are unbelievably easy to put together, and I love having a recipe that basically doesn't have any prep time. You just throw the ingredients in the crock pot and allow it to do its job. It's basically fresh or frozen green beans, country ham shakes, some onion seasoning, a tiny bit of vinegar. It's so easy. It's so important to have a super easy dish or two to balance out some of those more time-consuming ones you have, like potatoes or gratin or any of the ones that seem to take forever to assemble. Next on the green list is broccoli casserole. This is my absolute favorite Thanksgiving dish every single year. I don't ever remember this not being served at Thanksgiving. It's certainly not a fancy dish, but it's the truest form of comfort food for me. Now, this is Also, one of the dishes that I feel people can have very strong opinions about. One of my best friends in high school and I actually got in a fight, or I guess I should say an argument, over whose mother made broccoli casserole the right way. Her mom used cheese Whiz, and I'd never heard of such a thing. Plus, I couldn't understand why anyone would want cheese in every single bite. I was used to small pieces of cheese that made for multiple flavors in one bite. Yes, I admit that wasn't my finest moment or my most mature moment, but it does go to show that we all have strong opinions about our childhood dishes and the memories that go along with them. We are probably always going to think that the way our moms made it is the best way. So stating that, I'm going to give you the recipe for my family's broccoli casserole which of course is the one that I think is the best. You are free to disagree and I won't even try to fight you about it. It starts with a stick of butter, which is always a good way to start anything if you want it to taste good. Melt that, use it to saute an onion, combine that with cooked broccoli, cooked rice, a can of cream of chicken soup, or you can make your own cream base, 
add some seasoning and mix all that together and you pour it in a baking dish. Then you place small pieces of cheese into the casserole and stir it all together and top with crushed and buttered Ritz crackers. Bake it in the oven and you have got delicious cheesiness. You can certainly elevate this dish by making a cream sauce from scratch, which I've done, and it it is very good, and using panko breadcrumbs for toppings. It would certainly be delicious, but you can guess how I'll be making it this Thanksgiving. So there you have four easy to transport and simple side dishes that you can prepare for Thanksgiving that your family will love and people will be likely asking for the recipe. Corn pudding, sweet potato casserole, traditional Southern green beans, my family's version of broccoli casserole. And again, I have a link to the recipes available for you in the show notes. And if you happen to need some good pointers on how to make these dishes gluten-free, DM me on Instagram and I'll give you my favorite suggestions. There are very easy solutions for the three dishes that contain gluten and no one will ever know the difference. Thank you again for being here today and I hope you found some inspiration for what to bring to your Thanksgiving meal. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Tuesday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week.